Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Recorded live from the lobby of the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., You're listening to The Tidbit, brought to you by Curate. We are live at the Line Hotel in Washington, D.C., and I'm your host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. Do you run a small business or have dreams to start one? Well, here at The Tidbit, we've got your back. Each week, we talk through tidbits of knowledge around starting or running a small business with a food and beverage lens. And as always, we jump off each show of The Tidbit with a little tidbit of knowledge on what I've been reading, listening to, or learning And this is from our bi-weekly newsletter that we send out at Curate. And if you are interested, you should head over to curate.co to sign up. We have sends that go out every two weeks. So I'm pretty sure I've said this before on this show, but it bears repeating. Building a business is a lot like dating. It's also pretty much the same thing as maintaining any relationship in your life with friends, with family, with intimate partners. How are we showing up? How are we maintaining respect and being mindful of one's time and boundaries? What about just small touches of care and comfort? These are all very important, not just in your personal life, but also professional. In fact, it could be the make or break around you even staying in business. Everyone messes up. But those who approach a situation with humility, who have built that trust over time, will fare the storm much easier. This is why this headline from NPR caught my eye. It reads, want stronger friendships? Pull out your notepad. And I just want to read a little snippet from this piece. Quote, I had a lot of surface level relationships with different people, but it never really went deeper than that. And I wanted deeper, meaningful relationships. And in search of better connections, this individual started a spreadsheet. After all, she worked in the financial industry and uses Microsoft Excel all the time at her job. Why not use it for her personal life? This individual narrowed the list down to 25 people who she felt she had the same level of interest in maintaining their friendship. She entered those names into the spreadsheet and then began to track how often she saw each one. Maybe you're allergic to spreadsheets, but getting a little more organized about friendships might lead to better connections. Even a little bit of organization helps keep your friendships from running on autopilot, says Rachel Wilkerson Miller, who is the author of The Art of Showing Up and How to Take Care of Yourself and Your People. She says, having friends or keeping friends is not effortless. Effort makes us feel appreciated and it makes us feel loved. In fact, now I want to tell you about a friend of mine who recently told me about an app called Fabric, and it's fabric with a Q. And at rfabric.com, their mission statement is, don't let anyone slip through the cracks. Track your connections, keep personal notes, and get reminders you need to reconnect regularly. The app actually sends you push notifications to help you keep in touch with those who are closest to you. This is particularly important this time of year because I feel like, wow, I mean, even me personally, there's a lot of transition going on. We're also entering into a new decade. Hello, 2020. 
But I just want to emphasize, doesn't this sound relevant and applicable to, I don't know, lead generation, cultivating a more thoughtful and intelligent business development pipeline? I certainly think so. And so to really hone in on the importance of being in relationship with one another and staying connected through these acts of kindness, I've asked a very important person to the Curate ecosystem to join us today. But I also want to note that this is a special episode because it's my birthday. (laughs) Oh, great effects. (laughs) And we are in studio with Curate's very own Director of Connection, Kathleen Overman. Um, And as Curate's Director of Connection, Kathleen oversees vendor onboarding and engagement in addition to working with our buyer partners on sourcing for their demand needs. Kathleen's also the founder of Sweet Leany, a field marketing and local business advocacy organization. She is passionate about creatively curating a new system for us to shift the dollar back into our local economies. So we're just going to take a super quick break and be right back with Kathleen. listening to The Tidbit. I'm your show host and the CEO of Curate, Kim Bryden. We are here with Kathleen Overman, Curate's Director of Connection. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, Kim. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for being here today. I'm so excited to be here for your birthday. I'm really jazzed for this episode, too. Oh, yeah. It's it's an honor. Oh, thank you. So you've been a local advocate your entire adult career, essentially. But identifying this challenge small businesses were facing as they were scaling up in grocery and retail settings is where you began. And so I don't want to expound upon your own journey. So please (laughs) tell us more about the beginnings of your entrepreneurship path and where it took you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, like many of us in the millennial generation, exited college and we were in a recession. And... So many people I knew had these great degrees and great ambitions and no possible job in sight in their field. So what did I do? I went and I got a job somewhere that could also help me budget for my uh, serious food habits. Mm -hmm. I've always been uh, a big eater and always wanted to eat anything. I I wanted to be able to eat anything I wanted, no matter how much (laughs) it costs. So what did I do? I got a job at Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, I just started finding things I loved and being somebody who naturally uh, uh, enjoys speaking with strangers, mm-hmm. I would say, oh my gosh, you have to try this pepper jelly. It's the best pepper jelly I've had in my life. It was actually, I was over the moon talking about this spicy plum chutney. Mm. And I was talking about it all the time. I was like, try this plum chutney. We were in we were in what we like to call the sexy department. Yes. Which was the coffee, chocolate, cheese, pasta. The specialty. Specialty department of Whole Foods. Yeah. And so the sexy department where people went for dates and special occasions. And mm-hmm. I was telling everyone about this spicy plum chutney. And one day I got called into the back and I thought I was getting written up. Ooh. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, my boss, she wanted to say, you know, I got a call from Virginia Chutney Company today. Name drop. Um, I got a call from Virginia Chutney Company today and they wanted to know, or last week, and they wanted to know why we went from 25th in sales to number one in sales in the region. And I told them the truth, Kathleen. I told them there's just one girl who talks a lot about your 
spicy plum chutney. <laughs> so they sent you this. And uh-huh. she pulled out from behind her back this case of chutney. And I lost my mind because I didn't realize that being able to just be honest about something that was is good mm-hmm. would make somebody else's life so wonderful. So they gave me a case of chutney and all of a sudden I started looking at the shelves differently and realized that this is a small Virginia company that needs help. I wonder how many products in my department are small and local. Mm-hmm. And then I started de- asking to demo them all the time. Specifically, can I just demo these local products? Like, I, It's great that we're able to impact their lives and make their lives so rich. In and case our listener doesn't know, a demo means sampling that food product. Right. So mm-hmm. if you ever go to the grocery store and there's that person who's like, do you want to try this cheese that pairs well with this? jelly yeah and 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 try the sip of rosé with it it's great for girls night Mm -hmm. those are active demonstrations and sometimes they're paid for by the by the business for the store to do or sometimes what they do is they hire a field marketing company Mm -hmm. to do these demonstrations for them great segue right so what i did not know is that field marketing was its own industry i had no idea that this wild industry had been built around being personable and Mm -hmm. i was always that kid in school who had raised their hand to tell a story that had nothing to do with the question or wanted to make friends but was supposed to be reading. So I had no idea that in my adult life I could use my naturally friendly personality to uh, not only have a business that provided me income but to genuinely impact the lives of others in a way that made a difference all across my region. Mm-hmm. So birth of Sweet Leanie. Birth of Sweet Leanie. I was uh, I was standing at a table and was told by three women who were in their own businesses to quit and start my own company. So I did. Yes. And yeah. Sweet Leanie was born. Sweet Leanie was born. And you became now this local advocate for these other small businesses. Correct. So it was specifically local business advocacy firm. And I had a friend at the time who coined that term. I'm very thankful for them for doing that, that I was starting a local business advocacy firm, which meant that if you were in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia, which was my original reach, then mm-hmm. I would only demo those products. Mm-hmm. And then after about a year or two, one of my clients, uh, Dolcezza, which we're all very big fans of. Big fans. Love them. Robin they Violetta. Have, they have a show here on Full Service Radio. They are just great people. Just mm-hmm. some of the best people I've known. They were expanding up to... Uh, Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. into Philadelphia and they said we want to go up there but we only want to go there with your demo company Mm. so then that gave me the uh, incentive expansion towards Philly to expand to Philadelphia New Jersey Mm -hmm. and so for about five years I did that wow yeah a lot of fun Sweet Leany is up and running Sweet Leany is up and running and then a curveball comes oh yeah gets thrown your way I'm going to say by the man, and in this case, I'm going to refer to the man being Amazon. Um, but, you know. Say it like So it <laughs> Amazon acquires Whole Foods, and you had to pivot or, or really consider what was next because one of the things that happened with this acquisition is that um, no third-party demos were allowed at Whole Foods anymore. So I just want to really acknowledge this for a for a moment here because most people are not comfortable with the death process and in, in making decisions to close one's business or end a relationship or even death itself. This is a very hard thing to come to. And I don't think we talk about it enough, again, whether it's folding one's businesses or ending somebody's relationship. So if you feel comfortable, I, I would love if you'd be open to talking about your process and deciding to shut down Sweet Leanie and 
how you've built different rituals and resiliency around life's painful moments. Yeah, I would. Um, it's a privilege to talk about those things. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Kim. I think people don't feel comfortable talking about those kinds, that po- parts of life. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're supposed to just, it happens and then we move on from it. Just yes. shut it down. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. Shut that down. And that's not how my family lives. And that's not how I've lived. So if I'm starting with just just what was happening with Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, just the professional like, Let's just mm-hmm. start with this one, one thought and mm-hmm. I'll... Let's see if I can weave something from it. <laughs> um, I Have you ever been to the ocean and you can smell it before you can see it? Yeah. That sea salt that's like mm-hmm. you come up to it and you can smell it. That's what it felt like when Amazon bought Whole Foods before they did in September. You saw it coming. I've s- I smelt it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you, there was an, some announcement in the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. and... I immediately, I was like, this is it. People were telling me to calm down. People were telling me I'm overreacting. And I just knew. I just like felt that this was what was happening Mm -hmm. and immediately started going into the stages of grief because I knew it was coming. You built this baby. I built this baby. And I built this baby with a lot of people telling me I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I was 23 and talkative. That doesn't always... We often like to say that sometimes people mistake kindness for naivety. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I tend to be ki- kindness forward. Yes. And so, you know, a lot of people didn't think I could birth and grow up this baby. And I did. Yeah. And I could smell the salt. And what I want to say is that with this, with this huge transition of our industry, you don't end with loss. You mm-hmm. don't always get that smell the salt before you see the ocean moment. A lot of people don't. Right. And I should acknowledge that a lot of businesses were wildly impacted by this major acquisition Mm -hmm. and they did not have an opportunity to smell the salt. They did not have an opportunity to see this coming. Mm -hmm. They were blindsided. Huge shifts were made inside of their industry. Yeah. It was very difficult for a lot of my friends. A lot of companies shut down overnight Mm. or within a week's time. A lot of companies had to change the whole way that they operated and they weren't allowed to say anything because it meant that they might not have the opportunity to work with these large businesses down the line. In the future, right. Right. And similarly, in my personal life, which, Kim, you know me, so you get to allude to, but I'll share with everyone else. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of smell the salt before you see the ocean family moments as well. So Mm. my father passed when I was three, Mm -hmm. which was not one of those moments. He died fairly suddenly. Mm -hmm. But when I was 13, my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm -hmm. And... I had a lot of time of knowing what was coming in the grief process before it actually hit the fan. And the same thing kind of happened with Amazon where the huge shift didn't, it, I knew it was coming in the fall. I didn't make the big adjustment until the, to the winter spring. Mm-hmm. Now, what I also learned in that, in those family processes is that everything sort of happens for a reason. So it was good to be able to know what to plan for and not everybody's that lucky, but everything also uh, happens for a reason and you got to take it as it comes. Yeah. So when I was, when my mom did pass when I was 18, I was a freshman in college and I would have my aunt, she would say to me all the time, you know, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. And I found it, I mean, you can understand you're young and it's pretty, you feel like, Oh, that's so patronizing. Yeah. Like, don't, don't 
discount my grief that I'm going through. Right. And, right. you know, you go through denial, you go through anger, you're going through all of these. Are you familiar with the stages of grief? I would love if you could tell our listeners what they are. Yeah. I, I pulled it up just because it's been so long since, you know, you had to talk about it in group. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, there is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance mm. are the hard lines. And so you go through denial, anger, and bargaining. Like, what could I have done? What would I have done? Pretty. Well, no stages go in the same order. Sure. But you go through the whole process. And for since, from my mom's passing to after graduating college, I was doing a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Living in that world. Yes. And I realized that while I was being told everything happens for a reason and while I was trying to go through these grieving stages... I was having to make a choice as well. I was having to decide the, the world is new. You could either live inside of that world mm-hmm. or you can choose to live in the whole world. Ah. And I had this big moment where a friend of mine called me in the middle of the night and she said, uh, my mom's sick. She, her, she was my college roommate. My mom's sick. She's got stage four pancreatic cancer. I don't know what to do. Mm. Help. And yeah. nobody else, she was living with a few of our friends, nobody else knew what was going on. Nobody else knew how to relate to her. So there I was in the middle of the night. It was 11.30 and I was driving two, two hours in my work clothes to yeah. just go where, to be where she was at her request just to get there. And I realized on that drive, I kept, I looked back on what this aunt had said to me and this aunt of mine had helped raise me. And I thought about her saying to me, everything happens for a reason. And for four years, I'd been annoyed with her saying that. And then here I was in the car being like, got me Mm. all right you got me and I think that that was the night that I also decided to live in the world versus Mm. that world Ah. and when Amazon bought Whole Foods I had to make a decision do I live in the world or do I live in that world only Mm -hmm. do I want to because it would have been possible to evolve inside of that container that container that would have been possible I'm very I'm I'm uh I'm scrappy. I'm scrappy. Yeah. I'm scrappy. I could have figured it out. Uh But did I want to continue to live in that world Mm -hmm. where it also had all of these other eye rolls around it of what was happening? What is what has happened to the industry? Or Mm -hmm. did I want to look at the bigger picture? Yeah. And live in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So by the time we'd reached the winter and Whole Foods officially announced that it was purchased by Amazon and officially announced it was getting rid of third party demo companies. And I'm getting all these phone calls from everyone we know and mm-hmm. everybody who's worked in every other arm of the uh, food industry panicking about their jobs, but also wondering what I'm going to do. I, I had, I was coming, I was, I was accepting, but I was still angry and I was still grieving. Right. Still accepted, angry, grieving, yes. figuring it out. Um, not in denial. <laughs> I feel like denial came and went really quickly uh-huh. for me with that one. But in circling uh, going always hon- honing back in, I guess I should say to everything happens for a reason. That is a huge part for me for the grieving process of, of both my, my personal life and my professional life. Mm. It is not an accident that 30 days from when Amazon and whole, F- whole foods no longer wanted or announced that I wouldn't be demoing anymore. Right. That very shortly after that, my aunt who had told me everything happens for a reason was diagnosed with stage three pancreatic cancer. Mm. So all of a sudden she's got two relatives left and people want to be with her and she needs more time to be taken care of. And my uncle was a, is a touring musician and she's yeah. a touring musician and they need people. And this life shift requested more of you. There were so much more of me. So yeah. much, um, emotionally, 
I mean, there's processing, there's things coming back up from the past. All of a sudden I'm back in the grief cycles of my mom and my father. And does, did, did all of a sudden this shift happen so I could have more time? Absolutely. Yeah. But when you're facing the close of your business and you're wondering, what does that mean for me as a professional? What does that mean for, for my self-worth and what does it mean? Did I fail? Mm. Did I, does it mean I failed? Does it mean that I am not as successful as my cohort? Does it mean that I haven't achieved as much as those who are companies are being bought or who are flourishing nationally? Mm -hmm. No. And when you are in that debate, all of a sudden I found myself receiving offers from five different companies who were interested. And it was like, Oh my gosh, look, this approval you've been seeking this, this, strange validation you realize now that people have been watching and then does everything happen the way it's supposed to yes kim bryden from curate set <laughs> wanted to sit down for lunch to ask me if i was available to work part-time as the director of connection for curate and what did i need then uh, i needed only part-time employment i needed something that was allow me to be flexible with my family that would allow me to be uh, still thrive as a professional and that would still m- m- allow me to call myself a local business advocate. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't, I hope that you it, stayed true to your values alignment while creating time and space for what you needed personally. Yes. And so it my, was manifested, manifested. I w- my advice out there is to anybody who is, who is feeling, feeling the strange pangs of change, change mm-hmm. is if you, if you can smell the salt, that's a gut check. Yeah. Gut check. You can smell it. It's cool. Let it happen. Yeah. Because the next thing that's going to come along is just a little more right for you. Right. It's a very somatic, it's a very body intuition right. feeling. Right. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. And I, I love the phrase that you're saying, that world or the world. And I feel like on a macro level, we could apply this to a lot of people's mindsets. Do you view change as an opportunity or do you see change as something to be fearful of? Right. And again, this applies to even how people are voting these days. Oh my gosh. But just on a very large scale, are you leaning into change and seeing it as a way for you to grow and thrive? Or is it something that you're like, shoot, my whole world's changing and I need to like hunker down. Right. And you know, if I could share one more little like, uh, tidbit. One little quote that I, I lean on really hard these days, which was uh, for, like during the summer, you know what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. During the summer, a friend of mine who um, has the perfect job for who he is as a person, his name's Jonas Kane, and he's a real life uh, magician of positivity. Oh. He has a show called The Magic of Positivity. Okay. And if you are at home right now, look up Jonas Kane. Mm-hmm. But I stopped in to see him. In the Boston area, and I was feeling some down, and I was running late. And he was working on a list. He was making instead of the five stages of grief, like we just talked about, he was making the five stages of positivity. He was trying Mm. to find a way to to turn that narrative. Yes. And he came up with something that has helped me so much. Like in these change moments, are you frustrated or are you fascinated? Mm. if you're frustrated it's a it's a space of inaction you're stuck there Mm -hmm. that is something that is happening to you the world is frustrating you you're frustrated because your boss is angry at you you're frustrated because you can't seem to do this right or could you try instead to be fascinated Mm. it's an action 
it is you are in control of your world in that in that space. I am fascinated that my boss is not happy with this yet. <laughs> I wonder how I can tweak this to make it a little bit more in line with what they need. Uh-huh. I'm fascinated by the fact that I brought my bike to DC and got a flat. <laughs> And how will I navigate the city now? Yeah. I will be agile. I will make it the best of it. I will talk to a stranger. Uh-huh. Just a little, a really helpful thing to repeat to yourself when you're feeling down. That is, thank you. Yeah. Always love a good tidbit here. Well, tidbit. <laughs> Let's take another micro break here and then come back with some more actionable steps with Kathleen. Woo! <laughs> You're listening to The Tidbit. I'm Kim Bryden, your host and the CEO of Curate. We are here with Kathleen Overman, Director Director (laughs) of Connection at Curate. So we have a network of over 350 entrepreneurs through Curate Connect, which is our procurement platform. And we have active orders going on between 20 to 25% of that community on an ongoing basis. And this means having to learn how each of these businesses does business, not just with our client who's the buyer, but also the small businesses, the vendors from whom we are buying. Um, So Kathleen, as the director of Connection, managing that communication and logistics, what are the key characteristics you look for in identifying a relationship that is going to be fruitful for all parties? Again, this like managing time, boundaries, respect. What do you look for? So it is, I'm just, to circle back to what you said about the fabric app, the, the relationship, yes. building the spreadsheet. Uh-huh. There's something I've been saying since I recently turned 30 myself, mm-hmm. which is that I feel like there are, you have to have like five things. You're five pillars of yourself now in life. Uh-huh. And if you don't have at least one of those things, then we shouldn't be chatting at a party. If you don't have at least two of those things, then we, we're not going to exchange numbers. <laughs> and if you don't have at least three of those things, then we're definitely not hanging out regularly. Yeah. And I feel that that easily applies to businesses mm-hmm. where, you know, we need at least five things that are the pillar of how we function successfully. And if we're going to do business with somebody on the regular, they have to have at least three of those things in order for us to be able to work together. And maybe those other two can be learned and taught over time. Everyone is uh, flexible. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all a little, we have the plasticity in our brains if we're lucky to to learn. Mm -hmm. It's just, and a a part of this, a part of the five that I think are really important. Yes, tell us the five. Ready? And well, so I thought of the five while you were talking. I was like, man, I just realized that that relates to this talk today. So I didn't think of, I think I only have four written down, but Uh I'm sure we can come up with a fifth together. (laughs) Um, So for me, responsiveness. Responsiveness. Mm -hmm. No ghosting up in here. Do not ghost me. No. Please email me back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, especially as Curate is the way it is, it's very confusing. We're not a sales broker. We're sort of like a buyer's broker yeah. to a degree. We're buying for people. Yeah. If we're yeah. emailing you and you're a vendor. We want to buy from we you. We want to buy from you. We've got money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please mm-hmm. send me your sales sheet, mm-hmm. um, which send me your sales sheet, which means that readiness, like, are you, mm. are you, uh, are you coming to the table with, if I say, uh, what is your delivery fee and what is your case size and what is your minimum? Do you respond 
with that, with information. that information. And are you at a stage where you understand that you need to be incorporating a delivery fee? Mm. Like, do I have to break it down for you, which I don't mind doing. Mm-hmm. And Curate did recently open up uh, Curate Courses, which is a school of food that you can yeah. come a school on ways to improve your food business. Exactly. If you'd like to come and Great learn plug. some of those things. Applications <laughs> close this week. <laughs> yeah, get in there. Um, but are you ready for these kinds of relationships? Mm-hmm. We're working with large institutions. Can you show up for them? Mm-hmm. Um, a huge one for me in this conversation as well is if we get you into that account, and there's something wrong with your delivery time or if there's something wrong with your packaging size, how receptive are you to feedback? Mm. Like, we've got to be able to give you feedback. We've yeah. got to be able to say, hey, like, you got to deliver in, in a case that is taped, not falling, the bottom fell out and all the cans broke. Exactly. The response can't be, well, you should have held the bottom of it. It's right. got to be able to hear the feedback and absorb it in a way that doesn't take too much of our time because at the end of the day we're buyers i'm seeing a really interesting um alliteration going on here it was an accident but then i saw it and i was like this is hilarious responsiveness readiness receptivity okay keep going and you gotta know what my fourth was oh which is an umbrella I mean, so responsive, it's all about these. So far, we've covered time management. We've Mm -hmm. covered, is your package ready? Mm -hmm. We've covered, can you communicate well? Can you communicate in a way that makes you um, a professional in this space? Mm -hmm. But overall, umbrella, respect. Yes. And I, I, you'd think that'd be a no-brainer. You'd think, well, like that kind of everything you said covers it. But it seems like you need to say it. You need to say, does this relationship have respect? Mm -hmm. Is this something that is filling my cup and I, we can pour it to each other in a way that is respectful. Mm-hmm. And that means, are you respecting my time? Are you respecting the dynamic? I mean, we are, we, and that's, that's something we always struggle with and find time, or find a, find kind of comical yeah. is the dynamic. Like we, we're calling you to buy from you. Mm-hmm. And as, as much as Curate is oriented on supporting small business and local economy growth, at the end of the day, we are buyers. Yeah. And can you respect that relationship? Right. I'm thinking of a fifth five. I mean, a fifth. Did you come R. up with one? Because I'm like, I, those, are, those are the four that I came up with uh-huh. when I was like, this is my gut call. What's yeah. your fifth? Well, I'll just, on the respect note, I'll just throw in responsible. And it also comes to the receptivity of feedback. And I think being responsible means being held accountable, not just for your actions, but also that your actions have ripple effects to other people's actions. And understanding, and this is a point that I hope you listener, if you are a small business, will really hear is that as a buyer, if I have a negative experience with one vendor who is also a small business, it's not that that person will then stop doing business with only that person they had a bad experience with, but they may cast judgment on the entire small business industry. So when I think about responsible, I also think about responsibility for this larger stakeholder group or larger community we're a part of. And that if, let's say, a cupcake vendor falls short, it could have negative ripple effects for 
buying local coffee because people will just bucket you into you're a local small business and I had a bad experience once. And it could be completely different product sets. So I just wanted to throw in there responsible because, again, we need to know that we're not operating in a silo. And that is something we hear a lot from our buyers. Mm-hmm. When, like, when they're choosing to work with Curate, one of the, the reasons that is cited is because they've had these moments where they had just had this one vendor who really disappointed them. And then all of a sudden they had a huge hole yeah. in, their, in their case or mm-hmm. in their grab and go and, or in their ordering system. And they needed someone to fill it. And they just couldn't deal with having to look for another local. Luckily, that's why we're here. That's why we're here, man. Um. <laughs> so if you could have this like magic wand and have all businesses, both buyers and vendors, uphold this level of engagement or this, this level of relationship, what would you hope that everyone could learn and, and stand by? I think that what, and to, what, what both vendors and buyers mm-hmm. would, in a dream world, stand by mm-hmm. is... The, this breakdown of respect, mm-hmm. this respect for time, respect for the opportunity mm-hmm. and respect, having some, having some respect for, I, I was even considering self-respect, yes. like taking accountability mm-hmm. and being able to humbly say when they've fallen short and what their needs are. And that is for me, self-respect, being able to, to grow in a dynamic. Yeah. So those that those three things for me are things that come up all the time. Whether it's me waiting for a buyer sitting somewhere and ten minutes, fifteen minutes go by and they're late to the meeting, mm-hmm. or if it's me hon- chasing down a, a vendor, mm-hmm. these kinds of things all fall underneath this category of what have I done today to make sure that my relationships feel like I I hold them in a place of respect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That is so real, everyone. Please, I hope you have a notepad out and are jotting this down either on a piece of paper or in your phone notepad app because it really is, like I said at the top of the show, can make or break your business or these moments of how are you being in relationship with one another. So Kathleen, mm-hmm. everyone's inspired by you. Oh, stop. <laughs> how can people find you on the internet if they want to reach out? If they want to reach out, I have... Uh, I've. I have an Instagram. Good. Yeah. What is your Insta? It's at Sweet Leany O. So S W E E T L E E N I E O. Great. Yeah. It's uh, great, Sweet Leany O. Yeah. Sweet Leany O. You're going to get a lot of DMs. Please reach out. Let's <laughs> chat. Um, we would love if more budding entrepreneurs and listeners like you could find out about the tidbit. Our mission at Curate has always included the sharing of education and access to resources. And the best way to reach more folks like you is to leave a review in iTunes. And like I said, it's my birthday. So Woo! maybe you could. <laughs> what? <laughs> maybe a little birthday gift, a little review let us know uh what you learned here on the show a little great present tidbit on uh your review on on what you've learned we'd love to hear from you um and until next time everyone remember to scale thoughtfully and source locally Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. 
Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.